Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. They take care of our air conditioning if they can help you too. Give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global affairs. We'll also visit with uh, John Middlemore. He is the editor-at-large at fee.org, the website for the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many novels, his latest is called No Problem. It is October the 30th, and on this day in 1991, the so-called perfect storm intensified in the North Atlantic, producing remarkably large waves along the New England and Canadian coasts. Over the next several days, the storm spread its fury over the ocean. Off the coast of Canada, the fishing boat Andrea Gale and its six-member crew were lost in the storm. The disaster spawned the best-selling book, The Perfect Storm, by Sebastian Younger, and a blockbuster Hollywood movie for the same name. On October the 27th, Hurricane Grace formed near Bermuda and may, uh, formed and moved towards the coast of the southeastern United States. Two days later, Grace continued to move north where it encountered a massive low-pressure system moving south from Canada. The clash of the systems over the Atlantic Ocean caused 40 to 80-foot waves on October the 30th. Unconfirmed reports put the waves as more than 100 feet in some locations. This massive surf caused extensive coastal flooding, particularly in Massachusetts. Damage was also sustained as far north as Jamaica, or south as Jamaica, and as far north as Newfoundland. The storm continued to churn in the Atlantic on October the 31st. It was the nickname the Halloween Storm. It came ashore on November the 2nd along the Nova Scotia coast. Then as it moved northeast over the Gulf Stream waters, it made a highly unusual transition into a hurricane. The National Hurricane Center made the decision not to name the storm for fear it would alarm and confuse local residents. It was uh, only the eighth hurricane not given a name since the naming of hurricanes began in 1950. Can you imagine it saying we, we don't want to stir up the people? Uh, again, transparency is the key. Anyhow, meanwhile, as the storm developed, the crew of the 70-foot fishing boat Andrea Gale was fishing for swordfish in the Grand Banks of the North Atlantic. The Andrea Gale was last heard from on October the 28th when the boat did not return to port on November the 1st as scheduled rescue teams were sent out. The week-long search for the Andrea Gale and a possible cause of its demise was documented in Younger's book, which became a national bestseller. Neither the Andrea Gale nor its crew was ever found. 100-foot storm. This is a 70-foot boat with uh, six crew members and destroyed totally missing uh, during this storm. Uh, I can only imagine 100-foot the, uh, the <laughs> Well, I read the book. It's a, it's a great read. It would be a great read today. I'd encourage you to get a copy of The Perfect Storm. Well, investors on edge over the economic impacts of higher interest rates and the escalation of the Israel-Hamas war on new fronts. As the brutal October winds down, stocks are on track to post their third straight month in, a re in the red, the longest monthly streak since the initial outbreak of COVID in 2020. The S&P uh, closed uh, in correction territory, down 10% from its recent peak, as volatile stocks head towards their worst October in five years. The United Auto Workers in Stellantis, formerly Chrysler, agreed to tend a four-year deal, labor deals, uh, similar to the deal reached with Ford last week. UAW expanded its strike against General Motors in Tennessee to Tennessee plan over the weekend. And right now, futures are up. It's nice to see for a change. Uh, nevertheless, a lot of not, of, a lot of, not a lot of uh, good news surrounding financial markets these days. <clears throat> Well, as Israel military forces increase their ground operations against Hamas in Gaza, it fights, fighter jets are dropping leaflets over Gaza City, warning residents that the area was now a battlefield. The leaflets dropped Saturday were also telling uh, residents that shelters in northern Gaza were not safe and they should evacuate immediately. 
the military, uh, Israeli military, continued to carry out widespread strikes over the weekend in the Gaza Strip, combined with a second target incursion in the area. The efforts uh, come ahead of the potential full-scale invasion of Israel uh, into Gaza, the looming possibility of which officials have signaled for weeks. Phone and internet communications were knocked out late Friday in Gaza and partially restored as of last night. Separately, a report of 33 trucks with humanitarian supplies arrived in Gaza, uh, crossing over into the territory's border with Egypt. Uh, international officials have called for an increase in the supplies. An aid warehouse in the city of Del Ebala was uh, broken into over the weekend. The total death toll is approaching 10,000 people, including an estimated 1,400 Israelis and more than 8,000 Palestinians. Total Prime Minister, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says his country is now in the second phase of its three-week-old war, which moves towards more group attacks in addition to uh, tanks and airstrikes. There's been reportedly uh, they've taken out some uh, more Hamas leaders. Also a very sad story of a young a girl from Germany who is, was mutilated by these butchers by Hamas. Anyhow, we'll talk to Mark Schulman more about this uh, whole issue later in the show. Well, mass main, uh, main mass shooter Robert Card has been found dead in the woods with a self-inflicted gunshot wound on his, to his head, ending a 48-hour manhunt involving over 300 members of law enforcement. 18 people died when Card, an Army reservist who had suffered a recent mental breakdown, opened fire at a bowling alley and in a bar in Lewiston. Card went on the run and sparked a 48-hour uh, manhood. Just such a sad situation. Uh, there were uh, warning, shot, warning uh, signs, of course, in his situation. He actually was hospitalized. But uh, as I've come to learn, sometimes uh, you don't know what the warning signs are a sign of. And uh, unfortunately, nobody could have predicted what he did. So sad. Well, actor Matthew Perry, best known for his role in NBC's top-rated Friends uh, sitcom Friends, uh, uh, died Saturday at the age of 54. Perry was cast at age 24 as the witty Chandler Bing on the internationally successful Friends, a show depicting the lives of six young New Yorkers. The show and its now iconic actors, including Jennifer Aniston and Matt, Matt LeBlanc, earned over 60 Emmy nominations and won six, while each of the sitcom 10 seasons ranked among the year's most-watched series. The sitcom remains popular on streaming services today. Amid a success, Barry dealt with years of complications from addiction to painkillers and alcohol, a side effect of his life detailed in his 2022 memoir. Uh, he was sober at his death, and according to uh, reports, certainly contributed a lot to our health and well-being, I think, it's just getting some laughs, and I think he was part of a great cast, and that was a, a great story. I personally would be interested in knowing if he was vaccinated. I see so many young people dying these days, and I, I wonder if there's a link between these some of these deaths and vaccinations. Uh, I'm not making accusations, nor am I making claims. I'm simply raising the question. Uh, everybody, we should know what's going on with regard to these vaccinations. The number of Americans suffering from hunger and food insecurity exploded by more than 10 million under President Joe Biden, according to U.S. Agricultural Department report this weekend that provided fresh evidence of inflation's impact on uh, the staples of life. The report found 44.2 million Americans were living in food insecure households in 2022, compared to 33.8 million the year before. That's a big increase. From 2021 to 22, there were statistically significant increases in food insecurity and very low food security for nearly all subgroups of households described in this report, that according to the USDA. In 2022, the typical food insecure household spent 15% more on food than the typical food insecure household of the same size and household composition the year before. Biden uh, toured the country boasting that his Bidenomics plan has been a success, even as poverty and now hunger have exploded on his watch. Uh, the food insecurity report comes a few weeks after the Census Bureau reported that poverty made its fastest rise in a half century under Biden, with 15.3 million more Americans falling below the poverty level. Both reports stressed the children were among the hardest hit in the trends on hunger and poverty. 
such a sad report. That all of this is reversible. It doesn't have to happen. Never had to happen. But these programs of uh, energy, alternative energy, and uh, other programs that Biden has put in place, uh, it's been a, a farce. It's been very sad for, for the American public. While approximately 5 million Americans who could and should be working are mysteriously missing from the labor force, the vast majority of these uh, missing workers are men in their prime working ages. The labor force participation rate of men in their prime working years 25 to 54 has declined by 8 percentage points from 97% in 63 to 89% in 2023. This has many negative economic and social impacts on family stability, depression, lower life expectancies, and increased drug abuse. The report shows, for example, that according to the Centers for Disease Control, reported that 49,500 people killed themselves in 2022, the highest number on record. Four-fifths of the uh, suicides were men. One reason uh, more men are not working is the government benefits. Since 1980, for example, the number of men receiving disability payments has tripled from 3 to 9 million people. That's hard to explain given the rate of worker accidents has fallen dramatically over the uh, past 40 years. And types of jobs that men do today are much less dangerous than they were in past decades. I also say that the requirement for disability payments on Social Security is extremely strict. You have to be fully disabled. That means you can't function too much at all on your own. Uh, but they've uh, changed that in order to provide more payments out to people. So, again, I see this as vote buying uh, by the Democrat Party. Senator Marco Rubio said policies like deregulation with a focus on unburdening extraction and manufacturing, strong work requirements for welfare, cracking down on improper disability uh, claims, and eliminating marriage tax penalties would be a big help. He's absolutely right. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen stated that the rise in Treasury yields that increases the cost of the United States government borrowing money is a sign of a quote-unquote strong recovery, a strong economy. I'm not kidding. She really said that. And she's the Secretary of the Treasury. It's just unbelievable. She said a reflection of the resilience that people are seeing in the U.S. economy that we're not having a recession, that consumer spending and demand continues to be strong, the economy is continuing to show tremendous robustness. She even said that uh, we could certainly finance a couple of wars, Israel and uh, Hamas, and uh, as well as Russia and Ukraine. She said, sure, we could could, uh, finance that, even though we're $33 trillion in debt. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website Johnson's Air Conditioning and give them a call. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Good for kids of all ages, by the way, including you and I. Again, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. So uh, I should tell our listeners, you are in Tel Aviv, right in the, the uh, eye of the storm in the Middle East. And uh, right now, of course, bombs are falling and uh, want to get an update on what's happening globally around, around the world. But let's start off with Israel what's, uh, and, Ukraine, and, uh, and Hamas. Okay, so at the moment, um, the Hamas continues to fire uh, some rockets at Israeli cities. Most get intercepted by Iron Dome, but a, a few do manage to get through. Uh, they've caused damage. Luckily, no casualties in the last few days. Israeli troops now are deep into Gaza. Um, there's a lot of, uh, let's put it this way, they're keeping it pretty secret exactly where the troops are, but from the best of what anyone can un- can understand at the moment, it's a full-scale offensive, and it looks like they're surrounding Gaza City at this point. Um, not all the details are clear, to say the least, uh, but they're also working very, very methodically, very slowly, very methodically, um, using the Air Force to be a, a shield in advance of the movement of troops. Uh, so far, it's worked very well. There's been three Israeli wounded, but no casualties um, in three days of fighting inside of Gaza. So uh, they're using the superior firepower and training that they have um, and keeping the Hamas off, off their game. The big question that remains is, will Hezbollah stay out, or will it answer Hamas's desperate pleas to get involved? So far for the last week and a half, they've basically been doing the same thing, firing a few missiles, firing a few anti-tank guns at Israeli positions, um, receiving uh, retaliatory raids in response, but that's really been the the extent of what's happened. So far, it looks like Hezbollah and Iran, which is Hezbollah in many ways, wants to stay out of this. Hmm. Not stopping, by the way, the Iranian guard from attacking U.S. bases in Syria. Right. It's gone on for the last three nights. American bases have been attacked by the Iranian national by the Iranian revolutionary, revolutionary guard. Uh, the U.S. retaliated a couple of days ago. Um, on top of everything else, one of the major issues that keeps on being a center place of discussion here in Israel is, of course, the fate of the 239 hostages yeah. that Hamas has. Um, the sense, ultimately, is that they do not want to release them. That This is their ace in the hole, and it really doesn't matter what we offer other than um, they can stay in power in, in, in Gaza. That's the only thing they really want, and that's the one thing that Israel will not give them, is the ability to stay in power. You know, a, a picture was released, I should say a picture, but the story of a young German girl who was mutilated in the in the trunk of a, a truck and her body. I mean, it's, it just tells a horrific story of exactly what happened in these uh, 
just demonic uh, attacks on the part of Israelis and, and people in Israel. It's just unbelievable. Uh, so, you know, it, it, you uh, you helped me understand uh, a lot here, in, in, uh, including uh, just not a lot of news. What's happening? It almost feels like things are standing still in Israel or in Hamas or uh, Gaza. And yet no, you, mean, get, it's, it's, you get reports that the 150 uh, uh, Hamas leaders were ha have been killed. So there's, you know, it's two sides of the story. Right. Well, there's a lot going on. The Israeli troops are deep inside of Gaza at the moment. Yeah. It's not a, you know, they don't want to officially announce the ground offensive to not give, uh, not to give uh, Hezbollah an excuse. Right. Uh, but it's it's way way underway. It's quite clear at this point. Um, and so far, so good, so to speak. But it really won't be good unless they can pull off a rescue of the hostages. That's the key question. A very, very difficult thing to do when they're in tunnels underneath hospitals and other places. I've read so, that these tunnels are three, there's just 300 miles of tunnels, and they're very sophisticated and, and dozens of feet below the surface of, uh, of, uh, of ground level. So it's a, it's a big task. It's a very big task. It's a very difficult task. It has to be done very carefully if you don't want to suffer large numbers of casualties. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is how he gets the hostages. And like I said, I don't think Hamas wants to give them up under any circumstances. They are still living under the misconception that they can live to fight another day. And they did, you know, I, I use this comparison a fair amount. This is comparable to the miscalculation that the Japanese made when they bombed Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. uh, they thought they could wipe out the U.S. fleet and that, as a result, would, would make the Americans want to sue for peace. But it had the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. It Basically, the fate of Japan was sealed on December 7, 1941, um, because the United States came back and uh, was not going to forgive the Japanese until, until victory was achieved. And unfortunately, that's where we stand at the moment. There's very few people in this country at, that I've ever met or spoken to or heard on TV or anything else at this point who doesn't believe the ultimate goal of this uh, war is the elimination of Hamas as a terror organization, as a governmental organization. Uh, that's a difficult task. Mm -hmm. And yet you have all of these people calling for a ceasefire. The United Nations wants a ceasefire, mm. um, which, of course, is an absurdity um, because a ceasefire means that Hamas gets to, to fight another day. Right. And that's not an option. That is not um, an option, have, indeed. So... Uh, so uh, just just an amazing story right now, uh, Mark. Mark, we need to just take a little break and just stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more, get some tickets for great performances coming up. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to be visiting with John Middlemore. He's the editor-at-large at Fee.org. Right now, we continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. So, Mark, uh, along with what's happening with uh, Israel and uh, Hamas, there are protests around the United States, especially in college campuses. I want to get your thoughts on what's going on. Absolutely. The protests in, in college campuses have been extreme, extremely anti-Israel in support of Hamas, and quite honestly, anti-Semitic. Uh, in Cornell, uh, the Jews of Cornell were recommended not to go to the Jewish uh, kosher eating hall because they couldn't protect them. It would be going to be dangerous. Uh. Uh, that's, how, that's where it's gone. We've heard all sorts of professors saying all sorts of crazy things, and um, I didn't understand it, frankly. I mean, I understand, you know, general support of Palestinian rights or whatever else. And okay, that's fine. And I also, you know, hope Palestinians someday get a state. But that's very different than supporting the actions that Hamas took. And think this was a, you know, as one of the professors said, it was it was exhilarating yeah. uh, to watch what happened. This was someone at, at Cornell, and um, we've had that we've had that in a lot of cases. Anyway, I did a little bit of research on that and discovered what's really going on. Well, everyone was so busy worrying about uh, critical race theory that being taught in schools, which is not taught in schools, I discovered that what is taught in Columbia, for instance, where I graduated from, um, and other uh, Ivy League schools, is the works of someone by the name of Franz Fanon. Um, he's a renowned revolutionary theorist, and he has a book called The Wretched of the Earth, which is a required reading basically in Columbia's uh, Contemporary Civilization, which every college student has to take. Huh. Just to give you a few little quotes, it says, For the colonized, life can only materialize in the rotting cadaver of the colonists. The violence is man recreating himself. Decolonization is always a violent phenomenon. And so, to these people, and all these students have taken this course, uh, is, well, what Hamas is doing is all of those things. That's okay. We can support that. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of the problems, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, there are similar things being taught. It's the only thing that explains this this insanity with people supporting Hamas's actions. I understand people protesting right now against, uh, you know, Palestinians are being displaced during the war, or too many Palestinians are being killed by the war. I understand that. That's a reasonable thing to protest, the, mm-hmm. the reasonable counter-arguments, but it's a reasonable thing to protest. But to come out in support of what Hamas, the massacres they did, the burning of children, the, all of the terrible things, all the stories are true. Uh, there are still 45 bodies that haven't been identified three weeks later Yeah, because they're in such terrible shape. Well, Mark, an additional fact is that uh, Qatar has been financing uh, propaganda in uh, universities and schools for over a decade uh, to the tune of $15 billion. I mean, this is a big, big operation. So it has. Oh, absolutely. Saudi Arabia was doing it even before. And let me just say something else that's that has been interesting, an interesting theory that I can't believe in at this point. People were asking, okay, college is what I just gave partly an example of why they've, they're doing this. But what's going on in high schools? There are all these demonstrations in favor of Hamas in high schools. Yeah. And the answer seems to be TikTok. Um, TikTok, huh. some, this analysis was done that TikTok was 80% of what's being pushed on TikTok are pro-Hamas really? uh, videos and stories. Huh. And let me give you another little story to tie into all of this, which makes things really complicated, is that the China, in China, which has been a sort of moderate vis-a-vis Israel and the Arab conflict and basically um, has been a big trade partner with Israel, has now been pushing anti-Semitic themes, uh, saying that the Jews control the media in the United States and the Jews control the money, and that's why the United States is supporting Israel. And they're pushing that 
in their state media. And guess what we've always been concerned about TikTok? Their ability of them to change the algorithm to get whatever point of view they want to get across into American youth. Interesting. So, so it's very complicated, very problematic. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm about to join the people who say TikTok should be banned in the United States. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've just never believed the impact of the social media and what it can have. But it's obviously a massive, and TikTok especially. Now, I don't know too much about TikTok, but I do think I agree with you. It should be banned in the United States because it has... I mean, 60, 60% of students, high school and college, get their news from TikTok. Yeah, unbelievable. Think about that. Oh, unbelievable. And that's controlled by the Chinese government, ultimately even though they claim not. So, Mark, how, how do you assess uh, the support of the United States with regard to Israel? Because there's been so much funding of Hamas through the United States coffers uh, and uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Qatar and uh, other countries. What are your thoughts? Okay, so, I mean, listen, the amount of funding of, of Hamas is really not... The United States has not funded Hamas. They have funded the Palestinian Authority, um, and they don't fund Qatar. Qatar doesn't need American money, and needs the Saudis. Um, look, America has given strong support, bipartisan, going through every president of the United States in history to Israel, continues to give strong support. The Biden administration has been particularly good at this particular junction, although they're getting concerned about you know some of the demonstrations. And I wouldn't say they're pulling back, but they're being a little bit more careful, I think. Um, but generally speaking, the U.S. has been you know behind Israel all the way through. They understand the meaning of what Hamas is. I mean... Hamas is a terror organization, yeah. and uh, you can't live next to a terror organization, ultimately. Yeah. So I would give America, you know, over all the presidents, since post-Nixon and Ford. Now, Nixon held, held back at critical moments, but after that he came around. Uh, Bush the father was a little problematic at times, but since Bush the father, uh, well, Reagan was very supportive. Bush the father was a little problematic, but after that every president of the United States um, has been very supportive, mm-hmm. each with their own little, you know, themes and attempts at peace and everything else, yeah. which none of them succeeded, but they all tried. Everyone wants to be the peacemaker in the Middle East. And you know, whether it was uh, Clinton, Obama, uh, Trump, everyone wanted to be the peacemaker. Yeah. So, Parent- parenthetically, just an additional thought to the student protests and what's going on is I was so pleased to see the three students who were sent reject letters who had been protesting in, in, in favor of uh, Palestine, Palestine and Hamas, who uh, lost their jobs in major law firms because... <laughs> because right, because, well, absolutely. Look, the schools themselves are in trouble right now because a lot of donors are pulling back. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, there's a generation shift, too. You know, they, look, students have always been, throughout history, have been... You know, further to the left than the population at large, right? That's Absolutely. the nature of being a student. We're, I, students are idealistic. They believe in, you know, perfect world and all those sort of things. Yeah. And that's reasonable. You know, a student is supposed to be idealistic. If you're not idealistic when you're a college student, when else are you going to be idealistic in life? Right. Uh, but this is something else. It's something else. And it's something that my generation, let's say, of you know, I graduated from Columbia, and I was in graduate school in Columbia, and, you know, I dealt with anti-Israel propaganda on the campus, and I had my own run-ins with the, with the faculty over Israel, but it wasn't the same. Something very different has taken place. Yeah. And that's um, very disturbing, and it's also, it's also morphed into anti-Semitism, yeah. which it wasn't previously. Yeah, I'm, it's and very that's unfortunate. That's part of the problem, too. So, so Mark, uh, before I let you go, I do want to get an update on Ukraine and your thoughts, what's happening there. Okay, so it's at this point, the Ukrainian offensive hasn't ground to a halt, but it isn't making any breakthroughs. It's grinding forward. The Russians have made a major offensive in the last two weeks, hmm. and they've been totally decimated. Hmm. As Putin must have said, you know, you've got to take this city, and they've been totally decimated. But what's very clear is the Ukrainians are really great at defense at this point. Offense is more difficult. Yeah. Um, and my other point I want to make, and... Uh, I do not understand for the life of me parts of the Republican Party that oppose aid to Ukraine. makes no sense to me. I don't understand the, its history. I don't understand the logic. Uh, Putin is one of the evils of the world right now, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me make a point in defense of the, uh, some of these positions. One is that uh, actually we're funding way more than the rest of Europe and uh, NATO. Nope, nope, nope. False, 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 false. Europe is giving much more than the United States is at this point. It's just false. It's a false story. The European Union and NATO together are giving 
at least 50% more than the United States is at this point. So well, that's one argument that's just being fake news. Okay, then let me give you um, another then. We don't have the money. <laughs> We've got $33 trillion. Uh, but remember something. We spend $700 billion a year on our defense. $700 billion we spend in, 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 on our defense. Look what the Ukrainians have done to destroy one of our biggest enemies' uh, military. What could be a better investment in our defense than letting the Ukrainians fight and destroy our enemy? It's very simple. I mean, leave everything else aside. We spent $700 billion. If you want to tell me we shouldn't spend money on defense, that's another argument we could have. But right now, everyone is in favor of $700 billion or so in defense spending. Yeah. We give $50 billion a year, give or take, to the Ukrainians, um, which is an awfully good investment considering what they've done to the Russian military. Yeah. Well, so, my, yes, we don't, you know, we don't have the money. We don't have the money for anything, and, but that's a different story. Uh, and then uh, that my final comment is that I just don't think necess- that the money that's going into Ukraine is necessarily being used uh, for the purposes that we intended, all of it at least. Uh, I think there's a substantial but, portion that's graft and corruption and so forth. Uh, there, there is a little bit of no doubt there's always graft when there's a lot of money involved, but keep in mind the fact that most of the money that we give to Ukraine is really not going to Ukraine. It's going to replenish the American arms that we give to Ukraine. Yeah. So we give them tanks, we buy new tanks. We give them artillery shells, we buy new artillery shells. And so it's very hard to misplace that money because phys- we're giving them physical weapons. Yeah. That- and those physical weapons have to be replaced because we can't leave the United States without these things. So we buy new helicopters, I mean, new, new uh, Bradley fighting vehicles or new uh, missiles, etc., etc. So that's also a, it's a red herring. I mean, there are a lot of red herrings here that I think that I don't, so I don't understand the underlying issue, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I, I'm a skeptic uh, by nature. And, you know, I just wonder, for example, have any of these weapons uh, ended up in the hands of Hamas? Nope. No, no. The Hamas hasn't gotten any weapons from over, for, a little bit from Iran, but nothing, nothing at all. Now, these weapons, that's also a, a tale of, you know, a really fairy tale. I'm not saying None that. I'm, I'm not making accusations. I'm simply raising the question. That, that's. I understand that, but, but but people are making those, making up those stories. Yeah. It's around in the in the social media that it's happened that the that the weapons have gone missing. But there is no proof of that. There's no there's no actual real story there. Yeah. So there are a lot of tales that have gone around to to raise suspicion, and I make you a bet that most of them are funded by Russia, huh. who's involved in false propaganda and you have to question how did suddenly so many people have questions about aiding ukraine and whose greatest interest is it to create those misconceptions well I, again i think the chinese are involved too so we've got tiktok there too also involved we need to be very very careful of how much we're being influenced uh, by foreign players who have different agendas or contrary agendas to the what's good for the United States. I think, I think that's a good point to end on, Mark. <laughs> Just genuinely appreciate your commentary, although we don't always see eye to eye. Nevertheless, the commentary is just absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Have a great week, Bob. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with John Middlemore. He is the editor-at-large at fee.org. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. 
and a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing that Optima Education uh, commercial reminded me that uh, Erica Donalds and the Optima Foundation was highlighted in the uh, lead story of the Naples Daily News today, starting another charter school in the area. And I hope you'll check it out. Uh, Optima Foundation, Optima.Foundation is the website. Uh, we have with us John Millimore. He is the editor-at-large at fee.org. John, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, John. Tell us about fee.org. Yeah, our founda- foundation was started in 1946 uh, by, by Leonard Reed. Its mission is to educate the next generation on economics and uh, individual liberty and, and just make it a better society through education on, on those fronts. Great organization. I've been to national conferences and to see young people celebrating response, personal responsibility, and freedom is just so refreshing, John. So, fee.org is the website, F E E.org. John, you wrote such an interesting and important piece. It's called A Student with a 1590 SAT score was rejected by 16 colleges. Now, 1590 perfect is 1600. So, this is an unbelievable story. Tell us about it. Yeah, like my my eyes almost popped out of my head when I read this one because yeah, as you say, you know, sixteen hundred is perfect on the SAT, and this this kid got fifteen ninety. His his GPA was four point four two weighted. Um, if it's not weighted, it's almost a, a perfect four. It's three point nine eight. And I said, how could sixteen colleges reject this kid? You know, um, so so it didn't take long to look. I mean, he he you know he talks about it in a few interviews he's given. It's because he's an Asian male. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's really just just crazy and backwards that we that we're still doing this. That we're still treating people, you know, differently on the on the basis of race. Um, and there was, of course, a famous Supreme Court case that just came down. Um, I think the decision came out earlier this year um, against Harvard. You know, and, and and this is where we got some of the good data on this. Um, it's very clear that that Asian Americans, you know, especially Asian males. Um, are being discriminated against. And, and, and the boy's name is Stanley Zong, and you listen to him talk. He's an incredibly bright kid. He's already got his own startup. He's going to do just, just fine in life. Sure. Um, but, but, but it's really crazy uh, to me that, um, that we're still doing this, that we're still going to treat people differently um, you know, on the basis of race. Some people call it you know, positive racism. Um, there's nothing positive about it. You know, some, some people, um, think, you know, affirmative action is going to build a better society, but, um, I think it's just a kind of a new look for a very ugly racism that we had in this country for a very long time. Yeah, I could not agree more, John. It's just incredible that, uh, right now we have still universities celebrating, uh, multiculturalism and, uh, diversity and so forth. You know, we should have a, a system based on meritocracy, a system based on achievement, and uh, somebody who gets a 1590 on their college board should uh, be able to uh, select the school they want to go to, not be rejected by 16 colleges. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, you know, crazy. And the, the truth is, if he was any other race, 
he, you know, he would have been in. And and if you look at the 16 schools, we're not talking about, he, you know, he kind of thought, you know, hey, Harvard's going to be hard. You know, um, Yale might be really tough. But he was getting rejected by state schools, you know, st- you know schools that, um, mm. you, you know, I, I, those schools would be lucky to have this guy. Right. And, and it shows just how far the ideas have, have kind of taken over, you know, the, the institutions. We, 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 we call this social justice today. You know, I think that's kind of the, 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 the label we put on it. And, and it means... Um, it means different things to different people. You know, I, I think I think you know the great Nobel Prize winning economist F. A. Hayek hit it on the head when he described it years ago. And I, I, it's a quote I, I dropped in there, and he said the classical demand is that the state ought to treat all people equally, right. in spite of the fact that they're very unequal. Uh, and he went on. He said you can't deduce from this that because people are unequal, you ought to treat them unequally in order to make them equal. Right. And he said that's what social justice amounts to. And I think as a society, we we really got to get back to this and just remember we're all individuals. We 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 should all see each other as individuals. And the more we go down this collectivist road of of you know viewing each other as tribes and races and things like this, it it uh, the results are they're not good. History shows that. Well, they're not good, and in fact, I think the public is beginning to understand that. In fact, the enrollment in universities is dropping pretty substantially. I think it was 2% just a couple of years ago from its peak, and uh, that's going to continue. We're going to see consolidations of schools. Schools will not only be, won't be able to survive as a consequence, unless I think they get back on track and start uh, celebrating their purpose as opposed to investing themselves in uh, uh, cultural issues like this. Yeah, that's, that's right, Bob. And just one final point. What's interesting, um, Americans really hate affirmative action. Whenever it's been put to the ballot, Americans re- reject it, including just recently in California. California, a very progressive state. Right. Um, when it went to the ballot box, um, Californians overwhelmingly uh, rejected affirmative action. So it, it's something Americans don't like, but it is still being shoved down our throats because uh, in, in our elite institutions, I think there's a lot of fear of opposing it. Yeah, but that that said, you referenced the Supreme Court decision that was made earlier this year. It was pretty direct. It was pretty. Uh, uh, there wasn't a lot of waffling on the part of the justices, uh, the associate justices on uh, on affirmative action. They clearly rejected it. They said you certainly could consider race, but uh, it was it should not be a dominant uh, consideration when it comes to admissions in, in school. Aren't they defying the Supreme Court? Well, well, they are, and, and there, there's been some interesting things written on that front, um, just how um, universities are going to respond to this. Um, and I, I think what's going to happen is that they're still going to be trying to do it, but they, they can't do it overtly, right? Yeah. There, there's going to be certain practices that have to change, um, because right now they're, they're really making no bones about it. It's very clear that they're discriminating on race. We're still going to see... <laughs> racial preferences, but they're not going to be able to do it overtly. Um, and I think if they do it that way, they're probably not going to be in, in, pure, in defiance of the court. Um, but I will say, you know, like, like to me, this isn't a sign of progress when we see each other all as um, different races. And all of this is rooted in Marxism. If you, if you, if you go back and look at intersectionality, yeah. um, the research in the 20th century, that it, this whole philosophy that bred out of it, um, of seeing each other as, as, you know, it's all through tra- trained Americans to see each other through the, the, the prism of, of oppressor and oppressed. Yeah. And I think you, you, you see evidence for that all over society. And also that's a very bad way to view the world through, through this lens of uh, oppressor and oppressed. Absolutely. Again, John, Middlemore, editor-at-large at fee.org. John, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great being with you, Bob. You have a great week. You as well. Thank you, John. All right, coming up, Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. He's retired and now has been writing some fantastic murder mysteries. His first is Follow the Leader. Its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and uh, his latest is called No Problem. Jim McTagg, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, it's a pleasure, Bob. And let me add that I'm working on a, a new book, which may be a couple years out, and it's entitled Bestseller. It's about the murder of a literary agent. And I figure it's the only way that I'll actually ever have a bestseller. <laughs> well, you you should have bestsellers because the books are such great and interesting reads, and they have a common character. the The lead character is common throughout the uh, the book. So uh, again, uh, just uh, get a copy of No Problem. Start with that one; it's a great read. So, Jim, what are your thoughts on the Fed? Well, you know, this is really interesting. I think the the Fed is a uh, political animal. So. And, you know, the, the president, Biden, is one of the most unpopular presidents we've ever had, according to the polls. And the reason is he's really fudged up the economy, and the public realizes this. You know, he, um, he, he boosted spending. I mean, he, he's, he gave away money to his green companions, billions, mm-hmm. the spoil system. He, he gave billions in loan and debt forgiveness to historically black uh, colleges and universities um, trying to buy black votes. He's spent on infrastructure to benefit the unions, and he's fed inflation. So, And the public realizes this. The public is not dumb. Um, so, the, uh, you know, so the Fed has a, a heck of a job bringing down inflation. I, I've been saying all along it would be through... 2024, because, uh, you know, people in our generation live through the inflation of the 70s, and we Absolutely. know it's not an easy beast to slay. Right. So, uh, however, the Fed doesn't want to put us in a recession prior to the election, because it would be like strapping a booster rocket on, on Donald Trump's back. You know, it, it would make... Uh, Biden even more unpopular than he is now, number one, and it would make people long for a businessman in the White House again, uh, as opposed to a spoils politician. So, I Jim, think just Fed, uh, out of curiosity, though, hasn't that ship already sailed? I don't think, I don't think, think that right now that uh, he could bail. I'm talking about Biden now could bail himself out of the the mess he's created. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean the polls show a dead heat. So I'm just, so I think the Fed doesn't want to, um, to, to be uh, held responsible for electing Donald Trump. That's just what I think. Yeah. And um, 
my bellwether, uh, one of the Fed members, the, the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago is Austin Goolsby, yeah. a very likable fellow who was a member of the uh, uh, Obama cabinet. Yeah, he's 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 very political. Yeah, and if you go to the uh, Chicago Fed website, I would I would urge your listeners to visit it. He recently, Goolsby recently appeared at the uh, Pete Peterson Institute, and he's talking about the Fed has a has an opportunity to sway inflation uh, without destroying the economy. And it's based on a theory that uh, we should ignore the the conventional wisdom, the, the wisdom acquired over decades, because it's different this time. You know, it's a, 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 so he's a, a he's a modern economic theory guy. I sort of, but he's political too. I mean, the you know, and 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 the other theory is that because interest rates on treasuries have spiked, that the Fed's doesn't have to to do much anymore. The bond vigilantes will do the Fed's job for it. So um, my theory is that the Fed, again, doesn't want to get involved in this election because um, uh, it's pretty much, uh, I think, an arm of uh, the White House. And uh, we're not going to see... uh, uh, any interest rates before the the next presidential election? Hmm. Now, isn't that kind of counter though to the mission of the Fed? There aren't they supposed to be apolitical and be uh, in in uh, independent, trying to maintain employment as well as interest rates and uh, uh, keeping inflation under under curbed? Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't think the <laughs> the uh, it's ever been that way. You know, the the Federal Reserve Act, by the way. If you look at the Federal Reserve Act, the governors are not all supposed to be Ph.D. economists as, as, as it is now. Uh, there are supposed to be representatives from, from the banking industry. There's supposed to be a representative farmer, uh-huh. somebody involved in agriculture. And the, the, the Federal Reserve Act has been ignored yeah. for many decades now. So... It's all politics. Uh, you know, they're all political appointees. Uh, people like Goolsby are beholden to Biden. He's, he's Biden's point man. And so I follow what he says very, very closely. And, and what, what he's saying, he's giving us that old uh, argument that things are different now and that we don't have to bludgeon the economy to bring down inflation. We can, you know, we can merely box it on the ears like... Yeah. you know, to get it to behave. It's so important. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Everything is political. There's no consideration of policy and what's best for the American, uh, you know, citizen. The, no- the notion is what's going to enhance our power and our uh, situation. And, and uh, that's that's sadly the uh, the consideration right now. I, I read that the, right now there's there's consideration of some sort of a bailout program for these wind farms because the equipment is breaking down and not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you hear talk about bailing out the auto industry because the president's electric vehicle policy was, you know, was like the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. There was no planning. It's a disaster. So the, um, you know, I'm, so I'm a contrarian. Uh, you know, you see the headlines like uh, my old publication Barron's uh, this weekend said now is the time to buy bonds. You know, because treasuries are near five mm. percent, everybody thinks that's the peak. I don't buy it because, first of all, that assumes the Fed is an aggressive inflation fighter, and it isn't. Number one, yeah, and it kind of ignores what's going on in the world. I mean, if we're on the cusp of of a war, um, and I actually think we're at, at war now, a proxy war, uh, we're going to have a guns and butter economy under Biden, yeah. and in. That was what we saw during Lyndon Johnson's administration. Yeah. And inflation's going to go through the roof. It's not going to come down. Yeah. Jim McTigg, again, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of some great murder mysteries. I hope you check out No Problem. It's a great read. Jim, always appreciate your commentary on the show. Such an interesting interview. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. 
Thank you for having me. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got some great guests lined up for tomorrow, including our state senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Uh, Boo Mortensen will be with us. Seton Motley, the former uh, the uh, president and founder of Less Government, and Jack Timon, former president of Westinghouse International and uh, former uh, consigliere for uh, uh, Kurt Clausen when he was in Congress. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And I really appreciate your listening to the show. Thank you so much for your patronage. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com.